The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So, it's well known that we have a shortage of homes in which people can live and particularly at affordable rates. So the rents have soared throughout the country. Many people finding it very difficult to afford their rents. And the price of buying a house has become prohibitive for the vast majority of people. So how do we solve that? Everyone says build new housing units and much of that has been done, but probably not enough. But what about using existing houses that nobody lives in? How many of them do we have? Well, it turns out that the census has told us that. So we're joined by two guests. We're talking a moment to Kate English, who is Chief Economist with Cushman and Wakefield. But first, Jude Sherry is Director of Anish. She's an architect who has been very much involved in highlighting the issues of dereliction and vacancy in recent times. Jude, what do we know of these 166,000 vacant homes? Could they all be put to immediate use in solving our housing crisis? Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on again today. I just want to clear up there quickly. I'm not actually an architect. I'm a, oh, a, a designer. <laughs> um, just to clear that up. But um, yeah, d- definitely what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. Um, through the census, we know, as you say, that there's 166,000 houses across the whole country. We know where they are on a electoral um, division. So we know from very small areas where they're, where most of those are located. Um, we also know that a, a whopping 48,000 homes have been empty for longer than six years. Now, when a home is empty for that long, it will need some work to bring it back into use, but it will need a substantial less amount of work than a new build will need. So although we, those 166,000 houses, some of them will be, you know, in between sales or other reasons why they're not in use. But a, a lot of them will actually be empty for so long that um, they offer a massive potential that, as you can see, the amount of houses we have, or a limited amount of houses we have for sale um, currently on DAPT or for rent on DAPT, any houses we can bring back into use is the most sustainable way to provide new homes. Kate English, as an economist, is this a solution to our housing crisis that if there are houses that have been vacant for more than six years, that we should be making them a priority to actually bring them back into use? Or could there be reasons which make them in reality not suitable for use? In one sense, I'd say there's no straight answer to that question. And this is, I suppose, the problem with the housing market all along is that it is a very complicated sector and there are many different elements at play and reasons why there are difficulties in it. I think the figures that have come out from the census data definitely require attention and investigation because if we do have vacant houses sitting there and that have been sitting there for quite some time, we should look to get them back into the market, get them reused, um, as Jude alluded to, in a sustainable manner as well. But would it say that if we brought all those back into the market, would it solve the crisis? Not necessarily. It would certainly ease things enormously, though, wouldn't it? It would certainly ease things to an extent, yes. But oftentimes, you know, we've seen there's many shows over the years on television now that look at doing up old houses as well. And they often can be quite a difficult task to undertake and oftentimes do require an awful lot of time, money, capital investment as well. So it's not an easy undertaking. It's definitely worth looking at. But is it solely the answer or the solution on its own? I would be very wary of saying that. But given that a house is regarded as an asset rather than a liability, uh, given that there's value in the land, 
Why would owners leave houses or apartments vacant? There are many, many different reasons to this. It can be sometimes relatives that are in hospitals, in nursing homes. It can be things that are tied up in legal battles, wills. There are a myriad of different factors to that. And I suppose that is something that we don't necessarily have clear information or clear data on. And this was when the last census period was released in 2016. If you remember at that time, there were quite a lot of questions which arose off the back of the vacant house figure that came out out of that as well. That it is, and the census does say that, to not just take that number of vacant houses as the absolute vacancy rate in it. Um, so we do require an awful lot of investigation. It's certainly a sort starting point and a place to look at, but there it, it is complicated. Yeah, the complications, Jude, could it be that when you start with 166,000, if you start looking into the circumstances for the vacancy, you could start getting that number down quite quickly and quite dramatically. Yeah, I think when you look at that, if we look at what a, an acceptable rate of vacancy is considered um, internationally, would be about by two point five percent of our housing stock, which is about fifty three percent of our fifty three thousand homes, and they could be all the reasons that were mentioned as well in between sales and um, dealing with um, probate and stuff. But if you look at then also combined with the data we have from other areas. So 98,000 homes have been empty for so long that they no longer accept posts. So we can start looking at, yes, probably about 50,000, 60,000 homes that are vacant are in temporary vacancy, as in they won't be vacant for a long time. But anything vacant over six months causes problems in the market because it reduces the homes in the market. And when we look at the reasons that the census have allocated to reasons why vacancy, there's 25,000 we don't know the reasons why but there's 35,000 that are apparently between rents and when you look at what's actually on offer there's only 800 houses on that there's no way are there 35,000 houses in between rents in Ireland when there's only 800 available for rent at the moment so those figures clearly there's, there's rented houses or rental market houses that are not being put on the market because every as you say every year the value of that property goes up 10-15% every year so they can make increase their wealth asset by doing nothing with the house um, and nothing with a home. And in our current housing crisis, that's no longer acceptable. So you have a situation that even if you're not producing any income from owning this house or apartment, you actually are still increasing its wealth because the market is going up. Yeah, so if you take an average home, say take a price of a 200k home, my homes.a report today showed that house prices have risen 12.3% in the last year. So someone with a 200k home that's doing nothing with it, that's not renting it out, that's gone up in value by 25k um, just by by doing nothing with that property. So your your value, your asset values are rising. And this is not obviously, all, you know, most people who buy homes or own homes that rent them out want to get them back into the rental market as soon as possible. It's not many people that can sit on, on property that long. Now, there are maybe things that are skewing those figures like Airbnb, but that's again another law that we have laws that are meant to tackle um, like dereliction but we have laws that are meant to tackle Airbnb and reduce the the use of normal homes as Air, Airbnb short term lets and that's not being enforced either. Jude, when I go around the country I also look out for derelict properties and wonder what the story is and how they could be brought back into use. 
It does strike me maybe a lot of times in rural areas that you might have things that they might not be on sewage or water mains. They might have to have their own uh, wells or whatever. So maybe there's not great financial reason for bringing them back. But in city areas, would there be economies of scale? I mean, given that most of these houses probably are connected to the water and sewage and could easily have the electricity turned back on or the gas and whatever, that it isn't necessarily going to have to be a very expensive job to bring a house back into a habitable state. Absolutely, you're right there. And when you look at the the um, interactive maps that census have released as well, if you start looking at towns, cities and large town centres, and even rural towns, often they're, they're what's called, a, they've created a donut effect, where the suburban areas around it have low vacancy rates, but the town centre themselves have very high vacancy rates, so much higher vacancy rates than the suburbs around it. And the likes of the programmes, the CTCHC programme from the Heritage Council has also reaffirmed that our town centres are the places with high vacancy, both on homes, but also on commercial properties, retails and stuff. And this is what most people will see when they go to rural towns, a lot of vacancy and a lot of dereliction. And indeed, if we were able, these are places that are connected, they're places that we have the infrastructure, they're places where there's communities already, and if we're the most sustainable way to create homes is to use what we have, but also to use what we have in existing urban areas, whether they're small towns or villages. But if we can bring those back into use, it's far cheaper. They'll probably connect it to mains or at least easy connected to mains because they're going to be on the, the main streets of small towns. So if we can bring these back into use, it will be cheaper than building new. Kate English, what are the potential there for particularly in our cities, over the shop. I mean, you even think of places like O'Connell Street or Grafton Street. Surely there's a potential for people living in city centres like they do all around Europe. And then our towns and villages around the country where mm. you go through so many of them now and you see shops are closing down and there's, there's floors of space above them which are left vacant. I mean, isn't there an enormous potential if people were willing to live in towns and villages and city centres to provide them with the opportunity or, or do the planning regulations prohibit that? I think, as you said, there definitely is an enormous potential for it, even back to what Jude said there. If we look at some of our rural, more areas or towns around the country, it's very evident when you walk through their main street or some of their main areas that there is a huge amount of vacancy there. And I think that probably is back to... Um, the last boom we had and potentially an oversupply of some retail units at the time. There certainly is a willingness, I think, from people to live in the city centre, to live in towns. And I think, may I just add, if we bring it back to potentially that My Home report that was released today that did show that we had an extremely low amount of properties available to sale in Ireland and in Dublin as well. Um, it had increased slightly from where we were at the beginning of the year, but if we compare it back to where we were even pre-pandemic times or between 2010 and 2015, we were still substantially below that. And that is what's feeding into that price growth inflation that's there at the moment. So if we could bring some of those units, those vacant above the shop street units into supply, it may ease the market somewhat. Because regulation certainly is at play there. Remember, we have fire. Our um, regulations when it comes to through to health and safety have vastly improved over the past number of years. And I do believe that is what's holding back some of those above the shop units. Okay, one final thing I want to ask you about, though, and we keep hearing that the state has an ambition to build between 30 and 35,000 new mm. units each year because that's what we need. Is that going to happen if we have a recession? 
Because it does strike me, yes, there will continue to be an undersupply given the demand. Mm -hmm. But where's the money going to come from to build all of these units? Because people give out about the investment funds who are building to rent. Mm -hmm. But if the markets change and if they stop doing it, who's going to build all these houses and apartments we need? Yeah, so I would begin with saying that when the government announced there last summer that they had an ambition to deliver that 35,000 annual figure, the market itself at the time did question whether that was actually feasible, given the labour that was there, um, land availability and just general prices that were at the time. If we look to where we are today, so this year it's expected that we'll have between 25 and 27,000 units, new units delivered to the market. And that's going to be across a range of different uh house types, I suppose, your houses, your apartments and your individual builds as, as well. Let's not forget, they make up about a 20% of all completions every year. What we're looking at for next year is that at the moment, market is expecting that we probably won't be able to increase much further than the 27, 25 to 27,000 units that are there. And commencement notices are key to this figure. So this is what we'll be tracking as we move throughout the year. So far, commencement notices have continued to be healthy. We had a really strong number last year. It was plus 36,000. And generally, that would suggest that over the next year to year and a half, that's how many units will be delivered. But However, after that, if the banks are going to, if interest rates are going up, are the banks not going to be worried about the capacity of the borrowers, mm -hmm. both mortgage holders and the developers to repay their loans. Yes. And well, that is where we are fearful and where we are watching to see where commencement numbers go as the year progresses, because that will be our real indicator to see our developers, are, I suppose, pulling back from the market. And if they do, or if it becomes unviable, if they cannot get the funding to do so, we will certainly not reach that target of 35,000 units annually. I think it's going to be a struggle either way, even if there isn't a pullback well, on finance. Just to finish, Jude Cherry, isn't that another great argument for refurbishing the existing buildings that we have that are left vacant? Absolutely. Absolutely, because they're homes that are currently sitting there. And as we face if we're facing a recession or if we're facing higher inflation of material costs increasing, we have literally material sitting there in existing homes not being used. So it, we don't need as many materials to, to do up old houses or, or empty houses as much as we need for a new build. So it's, it makes a lot more e economic sense to use what we currently have. Thank you very much, Jude Sherry, Director of Anish Kate English, Chief Economist at Cushman and Wakefield. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.